Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Planet Pumas podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mix. And in today's episode, we will be doing a season review of our beloved Club Universidad Nacional's season. Um, it ended in a pretty bad way. We finished 14th at the hands, and we suffered a defeat at the hands of first place Monterrey, 4-1. It was a spanking, as per usual. Every time, like I said, that we go to the north end of the country, we just seem to forget how to play football. I don't know. We just lay down and, and, and don't put up a fight and just in the fetal position and just hope for the best, but um, whatever. Um, so, like I said, in today's episode, we'll be doing a season review, kind of going over what went wrong, um, you know, if is the season a failure, um, and then kind of digging into um, what were the factors in, in the disaster and in the failure of not qualifying for this um, for this next phase of the tournament. So, uh, yeah, let, let's get right into it. So, as I'm sure you're all aware, Pumas lost at the hands of Monterrey, 4-1. to one. Same old, same old errors um, that you've seen with Rafa Puente and a bit after Turco took over. Um, defensive errors, um, not enough chances created, not enough chances scored, I feel. And um, it was just the same old, same old, honestly. Nothing really changed. And um, Turco did well enough to kind of turn the ship a little bit around um but with the players at his disposal i think that um his style of play and the way that he wants to conduct the team in um what isn't going to fit because some of these players were just not at a good place um you know mentally physically or even you know you know in terms of football they weren't at their at their best level um so yeah same old same old we lost uh, couldn't even qualify as 13th so mediocre which is even more annoying because a lot of these bottom half teams ended up beating a lot of the higher up teams which is crazy um can't help but wonder if what what would happen if that would have been us but whatever so yeah um i just want to go in here um and and answer the most obvious question was this season a failure yes it was a huge failure. It was phenomenal. It was just an awful failure. And you could see it coming miles, miles away. It was crazy. I mean, the team, at the very least, at the very least, be competitive. Be competitive. I'm not asking you to be first. I'm not asking you to be second. But... At this point, for, for for a team this big, or supposedly this big, we shouldn't have to be fighting for some of these positions, you know, fighting for a place in 10th or 11th or 12th to qualify. Honestly, this team should be in the top eight, and that's just how it is. I, I know that there are probably better squads out there, man for man, but if you want to be this big team, this, this this one of the biggest teams in Mexico— You've got no excuses. You gotta, you got, you gotta be in the top eight at least, at the very least. Be competitive, be competitive, and fight. Show something. Die for something. Don't just die for nothing. Um, we wasted a season um, on an unproven manager. Players who don't want to be here, whose cycle with the club has ended, and board members who resigned after Rafa Puente was sacked. You know, and 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 um, I said earlier we were going to talk about what caused this failure, and I think we've got our answer right there. One, I think it's Rafa Puente. 
Rafa Puente as a coach. Um, well, hold on. Let, let me do that. What, the board. The board is at fault. Rafa Puente is second. And then the players, probably third. Uh, although they could probably be second too because you know, they did the exact same. Some A lot of the, this group that w- that is with Rafa Puente and Turkor Mohamed is the same group of, of, of players who Lini had. And, and they basically didn't play just as bad as Lini. We played worse under Rafa Puente. But, I mean... You can sack as many coaches as you want. You can change board board directors. You can change staff members. But if you don't change these players, we're not going to get different results hoping that another manager can come in and maybe do a little bit of, of cosmetic makeup on what the what the team looks like and, and maybe um, patch a few holes here and there. But, you know, what good is it to patch a few holes when your whole roof is leaking? Is that really going to do anything? No. So... That there you go. That that those are that, that's the three main reasons why we failed in this tournament. Um, so let's let's go into the first part of it. Let's let's look, let's go into uh, manager. Um, so if you look at the manager statistics um, and you know the way that he words things as well, I mean his numbers are awful. Um, you know he has a terrible. Uh, track record you know one of the only things that he has in his resume that is even worth noting excuse me is his um his promotion with Lobos Buap who I think are extinct now I don't even know if they play in La Liga Expansión but yeah he's um his only cling on to to glory is Lobos Buap he got them promoted but that's it and even then he won 26 games with Lobos Buap Tied 12 and lost 27. And every single team that he's been there since, he has had more losses than wins. You know, so take that as you will. Now, he went on to manage Querétaro. Uh, he, it's not terrible, but it's not great. I think for Querétaro standings, standards, maybe that would have been okay. But 12 games won, 6th uh, tied, and then 17th lost. Uh, and then he managed Atlas for some reason. That was weird. And then um, he he managed to to stay at the helm for seven games, won one, tied one, lost five. And at Pumas, he managed twelve games, won three, tied two, and lost seven. He averages about one point two four points per match. That is such a terrible, terrible track record. I don't know how this guy was even in the atmosphere, in the in the the realm of possibilities. How was this guy the guy? I don't understand. Um, yeah, he's very inexperienced. Um, his reputation is awful. Another thing that I think hindered him a lot was that he um, chose a group of players to be his ride or dies um he had he had i think it was just a select few i think it was mainly the argentinians and i I don't know this to be sure but i think people in and around the club have made mention of this and and you can kind of tell who was with him and who wasn't but yeah he basically came in and picked a handful of players i don't know how many but it seemed like he had some players that he wanted to be his ride or die so that he would he could have control over the dressing room um and i feel that that hindered him in some ways uh because some of these players were undroppable 
some of these players played every single match they could. Um, and one that comes to mind is Nico Freire. Poor, poor form. And, you know, I'll be the first one to raise my hand here. You know, last season, maybe even the season before that, you know, I said, I like Nico Freire. He, he's, he's, he's a good, I think he's a, he, he was a solid defender. I think he was got potential to be a leader. Um, and I, I personally liked him. I knew at the time that that wasn't a popular opinion, but I thought he was a good player. You know, it, it, I, I can't stand by that anymore. Um, he's had a bad season. Maybe next next tournament, if he's still here, he will be able to turn things around. I don't know. Um, but it, 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 it is what it is. It was a poor season. It was an awful season for him. And he played whenever he was available. And I feel like those were one of the players that Rafa Puente had, um, had selected as, as his ride or die. I mean, I think that that... I think, in my opinion, that would upset a lot of other players in the dressing room because how are you going to just hold the opinions of a select few higher than the others just so that you can kind of take control of the group a little better? But I think that was one of his mistakes that he did um, was just kind of selecting a few players and picking them to be the ride or die um, and not dropping them under any circumstances. He had a full preseason too, by the way. A full preseason. Not, none of this, oh, I came in late or, oh, I didn't get my full preseason. I didn't pick these players. That's not true. Some of the players that are here already, true, he didn't pick. But the 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 players that came in were all because he asked for them. Um, he asked for Rivas. You know, Sebastian Sosa came to him. He gave him another chance. Um he asked for Molina. Well, Molina came to him, and he and he took him in. So these players that he that were signed this season were were because Rafa Puente had asked for them. So he had all that. He had the full season. He had he he picked the t- the, the the signings. Um, so he had that. He had his coaching staff. Um, you know, I I just don't understand. He he had it all. To he had the free, full preseason. He had the players at his disposal that he wanted that he picked. Um, and maybe there were some players that he couldn't get get rid of that maybe he wanted. You know, he I think he had at one point wanted another um, striker that was not given to him. Um, I don't know why he wanted another striker, uh, but he did. That wasn't given to him. But I don't think that serves as a big enough excuse to to say that that was the reason why he didn't succeed. Um, and then after that, after you know all this stuff that he had, um, the full preseason, pick the signings or whatever. You know some of the tactical decisions that he made throughout this um, throughout this tournament, throughout the twelve games that he was uh, the head coach for, were questionable. They were really questionable, and I mean, w- one of the biggest ones that comes to mind, the biggest, biggest one, is that game against Cruz Azul. That game against Cruz Azul was terrible, terrible in the way that you came to El Azteca and planted yourself terrible in the way that you lined up the squad um terrible with the words that were said after the loss you know he had mentioned that they had played this game to perfection almost perfection perfection was was playing to not lose to salvage a draw against a team who I wouldn't say our rivals. I wouldn't say that this is like a derby or a clásico because it's not. They're originally from Hidalgo and they moved to Mexico City, but I, I don't consider them one of our main rivals. Um, I don't think there's it's a derby or a clásico or whatever. But it's 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 a it's a game that has 
garnered more and more attention as the years have gone by. It's getting more and more competitive. I can tell that the Cruz Azul fans um, like playing us a little more. I may, it might be because of our given past. You know, we've knocked them out of La Liguilla once and then um, one more time back a, a long time when they were um, top of the league and we came in on eighth um, and we knocked them out in the quarterfinals. You know, and then that, those games have been really intense as of late, but they're not by any means our main rivals, but still, this is a this is a, um, a team in which I think a lot of the our fans like to win against because this is one of those one of the big four basically, you know. And it's always nice to beat teams like these. Um, but, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent there. But yeah, I mean, you can't you can't line up this way um, and expect to for it to work the way it did. Um, I think it was awful. I think it was awful that he came to this uh, stadium and basically played not to lose. Um, you know, he did he did everything he could to to keep it zero zero. Um, you know, it was just awful. I, I if it, if this was a team like I don't know, like a team that's vastly vastly superior to you. Like if you were playing, I don't know, like a team that's just so much better than you. I can understand that you want to close down and kind of close your lines tight so that there's not a whole lot of space and then kind of sit back and defend. I can understand that because you want to win against a team that's so much better than you, but you don't want to open yourself up to the point where it's going to be back and forth, back and forth, and then you might get scored on. But against a team like Cruz Azul, who are a pretty good team, they are a big team, they are a great team, um, you can't do that against this team though. These types of games, you you can't just sit there and defend and 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 hope that you salvage a draw. That's just not plausible. It's not something that we like as a fan base, and it's not just not part of the culture. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so many questionable decisions tactically, but that one stands out to me the most. Um, and then the indiscipline. How many red cards did we get in this tournament? More than I think I've ever seen. Um, I could be exaggerating, um, but that was so bad. I mean, you can't be this ill-disciplined with with the squad. Like, what are you doing? And then that just doesn't fall on him, you know. I don't think that falls on him either. But I mean, that doesn't look good for the team. That changes the way you play. Um, and then in some cases where you did go down a man, I think it was against Puebla. You didn't make the changes necessary. I think it was Huerta who was playing on the left wing. And I think it was our left back who got ex- expelled out of the game. Um, and that, um, the, the the inability to change uh, for for a left back. Instead, he just brought Huerta down to left back and had him play as a left back. And you, you just can't do that either, you know? <laughs> Huerta's not a left back. Um, and, and he's not going to play as well as he, he would be as a, as a left winger. It's just not going to It's just not going to happen. But I don't know, whatever. And, um, and then another thing, um, there were certain players who were frozen out of the team. Two that come to mind the most is Jorge Rubalcaba and Jose Caicedo. Why these guys were not even in contention on the bench, I don't know. I mean, Rubalcaba started the first few opening matches, I say. And I think when he made that, there was a big miss that he had. I don't know if it, if I'm misremembering it, but there was a miss that he had where it just flew all the way over the goal, um, didn't even hit the target or whatever. And then after that, 
it just seemed to have gone downhill. It seemed like he wasn't playing anymore, wasn't even in the bench. Um, and then Jose Caicedo, I don't think this man even got a chance. Honestly, like this dude was a pillar um, in Lenini's squad, and he was really good. I mean, you played him as center defensive midfielder or as a center back. He played well, um, and he played alongside Dani Alves. Um, he started. He's a really good player. He's really physical, um, very smart, can read the game very well, and he wasn't even considered for bench. And um, you can see when he was started to be, be held in contention, he played really well when he did, and so did Jorge Ruatcaba. I think in Jorge's uh, first game back, he scored. So, you know, I, I don't understand that either. I don't know why they were frozen out of the squad. I'm sure only they know why that was the case. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's awful. It's awful that he, well, thankfully he didn't um, He didn't make them leave the club because he's no longer here. And I think they'll probably stay um, or likely to stay since he's not here. Um, but, yeah, that was just questionable decisions were made there. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just awful. Uh, and let's move on to the players. Um, the players. Certain players at the team don't look like they want to be here anymore. Let's just be honest. They don't. They don't. Certain players, I think, have gotten comfortable with giving the bare minimum or not trying. I feel. Um, some players seem like they think that they're more than other players in my opinion because they've been here longer because they have seniority and, and that's just that's just arrogant um yeah some of these players don't look like they want to be here um some don't want to even compete um i know that the coach and other factors are at fault when it comes to not getting the results but um when do we stop and look at the players? Um, I feel like that's always the last point. When, every, when you let go of everyone and you've had everyone have it, then who else is left? The players. The players. And, and like I said earlier, these are the sa- a lot of these are the same group of players that Lilini had before he was sacked as coach. And you saw the same issues that you did with Lilini, that you saw with Rafa, and that you saw a little bit with Turco because he tried his best, but some of those errors just eat that, just oozed out from some of these players. Um, there's just not a lot of commitment uh, from these players. Um, there's not a lot of... Um, there's just not a lot of want, desire to be here for this club. And if they don't want to be here, don't make them be here. If they don't want to represent this team, which I know that it's been 11 12 years since we last won a major trophy, but this is still a really beautiful and big club. Um, you know, there have been a lot of players that have come out of this institution and have gone down, have gone on to do great things. Um, you know, Jorge Campos, uh, Hugo Sanchez, uh, just to name a couple. And um, it's just unfortunate that some of these players don't want to be here. Um, and for whatever reason, they'll know their reasons. I don't. Um, they don't want to be here. Um, these players, some of these players came out and defended Rafa Puente constantly. You know, we're, we're, we're to death with this guy. We're, we're committed to his ideas. It's just minor details, minor details that will prevent us from, you know, executing his master plan. But they didn't show that they were with him when they got 
red carded out of a game with the misses in front of Cole with the with the um with with such little attention to um details in defense minor errors or errors that shouldn't be happening happened and they cost us goals um and yeah um i don't know if i want to name many names but um you can tell that some of these players don't want to be here um some of these players are, are don't need to be here anymore i think one of them i think nico freire has gotten really um accustomed uh, really complacent to the way that things have been going for him here he's been here a long time he's got he's under contract he's the captain i think he's gotten very complacent uh, and other players um, just aren't at the level that we need them to be if we want to progress and be better we can't have players who yes give us a lot of energy a lot of dedication a lot of grit but technically they're just not there um, players like diogo um, have left the club. They're not coming back. He's not coming back. He's, he, his loan has ended. He's going back to Uruguay with Plaza Colonia. Igor Meritao, who is a player of Pumas, who was bought by the institution, seemingly is going to leave on loan or be sold. Um, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Nico Freire um, or some of these other players. Uh, but yeah. And... Um, that's just it, man. I mean, the players have to be held accountable as well. I mean, you can only do so much as a coach if your striker misses ten out of out of fifteen chances, ten out of ten chances, or maybe let's say nine out of ten chances he misses. Um, or if your defense every time the the you know they're put under some pressure, they they collapse like like paper plates. You know, don't do anything. They just, they just can't. They just can't sustain the pressure. What do you do when your midfielders don't respond? When you have to have your goalkeeper seemingly bail you out every single game, which is good. That's what they're they're there for. You know, we have goalkeepers to save us from some of these things, and that's good and all. But if your goalkeeper is is putting in a man of the match performance game after game, there's obviously something wrong. Um, some of these players that were given a chance by Rafa Puente, one that comes to mind, Ulises Rivas, never responded to Rafa Puente. He played better under Turco Mohamed than he ever did under Rafa Puente. And Rafa Puente is the one that gave him the chance. It's kind of crazy to think about. Gustavo Del Prete never... He showed glimpses of what he can do. Super irregular. Doesn't do a whole lot. Carlos Gutierrez. First, this guy was getting trained as a right back. And then under Rafa Puente, he's coming in as a winger. What are we doing with this guy? Well, he's like 24, 25. No longer a, a young player, so to speak. He still could make up some ground. But barely is given any chances. Ever since his uh, injury, he hasn't been the same. What are we doing with this guy? I, I don't know. Um, and then... You know, when you've got um, players like El Jonathan Sanchez, El Cuba, who comes in every now and again, doesn't do well, but maybe isn't given enough minutes to make a decision yet. You know, and you've got some of these players in here who don't play very, very often, but when they do, they're not very good. Some of these players who may have started off good, have good performances, but ended badly. Um, I just don't know. I think that this upcoming transfer window, there's going to be a lot of moves. 
um, in the team. I think there's going to be a lot of players that are going to leave. I think for now, the confirmed departure right now is Diogo. And I think Igor Meritao is soon to follow. His wife posted, you know, something about cycles ending on Instagram. It's going to be a second one. We might even see Juan Dineno leave. I would hate for that to happen because even though he was very poor, I mean, it does seem like he maybe not so happy at the club anymore, but that might be because of the results. Uh, maybe if we start winning, he might seem a little happier. Um, but I would really hate to see someone like him leave uh, because it's been a really long time since we've had um, an idol, uh, an icon, you know, somebody that we could look to. Um, and idolize, you know, it's been a really long time since we've had somebody there because a lot of the times these players leave so quickly. So yeah, that's, that's all I have to say on the matter. So let's move on. Um, the board, you know, the, the ones that make the, the, the big bucks, the ones that make the decisions that affect the club. They also had a fault in this, um, not just Leopoldo Silva and, um, Mejia Baron. Probably some other people behind the scenes. El Rector, you know, Garcia. He has to approve this decision of appointing Rafa Puente. All the decisions like that come across his desk, even though he's managing the one of the biggest universities in North and South America. I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, they, the board has to have um, some thought to this. And I think a lot of the thought in this because they hired Rafa Puente. You know, I don't think... Uh, what what else do you say? They hired this guy. They he Rafa Puente came in and presented a project to the to to the board, and they liked it enough for them to give him the chance to start a preseason, bring the players that he wanted, and give him the time that he needed. Twelve games is a lot of time, honestly. It's too much time for that guy. And yeah, that, that's got. There's got to be questions asked of the board. Why did we hire this guy? Why, after sacking him, we go and, and, and sign somebody like El Turco Mohamed, who is so, so decorated in this sport, and more so in Mexico. He's won titles with Tijuana, with America, with Monterrey. You know, he's won pretty much everywhere he's gone. And um, why, why is there such a drastic changes in the quality of, of managers when it's when you could have had somebody like who maybe wasn't available at the time. Okay. Fair enough. Why wasn't anybody else considered? Why was it Rafa Puente? You know, and you know, at the time you, you heard a whole bunch of stuff about why it was. I don't want to get into the details. It, to me, it seems like it was just the cheapest option. That's what it is. Cheapest option. You know, Turco Mohamed is gonna not gonna, is not cheap. You know, he's gonna charge quite a I bet his salary is pretty hefty. Um Rafa Puente. I don't think he's going to be charging anywhere near as much as, like, not even a fraction of what El Turco makes. So that might be it. But the inexpensive choice ended up being more expensive over the course of the tournament than if you had just gone with somebody else. Somebody who had a little bit more experience, maybe maybe was charging a higher salary, maybe needed some, maybe wanted to bring some of his coaching staff, or what have you. Maybe you should have just taken, you should have compromised and just, let him let him um, just take the team and see how that goes. Um, but that didn't happen. And we have Turco now, which I'm so thankful for because he's such a great coach. Um, but uh, when Rafa Puente was sacked, Leopoldo Silva and M- Miguel Mejia Barón presented their resignation. They were rejected by El Rector, but they presented their resignation. Clearly, 
to me, it looks like they don't want to be here. I think that they have made a lot of um, decisions that have affected the club in a negative way. And I think that they see that and they don't want to cause harm to the team anymore. Or maybe they just want to leave because they just want to be done with it. Which is whatever. It's fine. You know, it, it, it's, it's how it is always, you know. Fans will be here no matter what. Um, players, board members, other people in and around the club—they don't. Have, they don't. They're not going to be here five, ten years from now. Probably, um, they're not going to have to suffer the way that we do. Um, they're not going to be here f- that long. Um, and to them, this is probably just another job. They can. They can just leave. They can go somewhere else if they want and, and be done with it. So, yeah. But they both tried to resign. And their resignation was rejected. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with them. Are we going to keep them? Are we going to change what's going on? Um, and El Rector, I think his um, his tenure comes due in... Uh, I think it's in, in the summer or maybe this upcoming winter. And then we get a new one. And then you know, things change. And that person has an idea of how they want to run things. And things change. And things go all over the place. But, yeah. That... That's it. The, the biggest crime that the board made was appointing Rafa Puente to this team. Biggest mistake um, with some of the scouting, some of the players that were um, that were brought in, um, and, and and also some of the players that maybe wanted to leave, maybe weren't allowed to leave. I don't know how. I don't know if that's the case, but that's what it seems like um, to me. It's just terrible, terrible tournament all around um and i was looking at our goals um goal difference here and it's one of the worst in the tournament um you know we scored 24 uh 24 goals and conceded 32 goals and i was just doing some digging around to see um looking at the top four um and it looks like even guadalajara um chivas who who are probably um they're in third, but they have scored less goals than the rest of these three teams. Twenty-eight goals, still more, still four more than what we had scored, you know. And um, some of these other teams, like Monterrey, they've scored more goals than we've conceded. They scored thirty-five goals and only have received fourteen goals. You know, that's crazy. And even going down the list. Some of these teams, I think the only team who didn't outscore us was Tigres, and they were and they're in seventh. Um, but they didn't receive that many goals; they received seventeen. Um, well, I'm sorry, Atlético de San Luis did not was the worst scorer of the um, of this tournament. I think um, they only scored sixteen. 16 goals, joint with Querétaro, who didn't even participate in in the repechaje. But yeah, awful, 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 awful. Um, You know, in attacking, uh, in an attacking sense, you had 1.4 goals per game, two out of three penalty kicks converted, Um, no free kick goals, none, 14, 14 opportunities, and none were completed. That's just crazy. We don't have a free kick taker, obviously. Some there's no one who can hit the target very well. Um, so that's insane. You know, we had two point six big chances per game. We missed um, one point six chances 
big chances missed per game. Usually averaged around 14.4 um, total shots per uh, um, per game. Um, it's just crazy. Uh, let's look at here. Let's look at the defending. We kept one clean sheet. That was insane to see that. I didn't know things had gone. One clean sheet out of 17 games. One clean sheet. Wow. That is so awful. Conceded goal, goals conceded per game. We were conceded almost two goals per game. One point nine goals per game. Oh my gosh. Three point two saves per game. Errors leading to shot five. <sighs> Penalties committed five. Penalty goals conceded five. Oh my gosh, That's so 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 bad. Six red cards. Six. Just, just so, 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 so awful. So, this season has been a disaster. This season has been awful. I'm glad it's over. I was starting to get my hopes up towards the end. But I should have known it was too good to be true. I should have known that we wouldn't be able to beat Monterrey. Because we just basically went there and lied down and, and just accepted it. We were 3 nil down before the halftime, I think. I'm pretty sure. You know that's just that's just so terrible, man. I just speaks volumes of the of the people that are in the squad, and you know, the the place that this team is at right now is just awful. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It's awful. It, it's it's not good. It's mediocre. Things need to change. I mean, not only um, do things need to change for our team, but I think the the model, the business model that Pumas executes needs to change as well. <sighs> I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that we're not getting an, an influx of cash, of, of sponsors or whatever. We're not backed by some big corporation. We're not, we don't have huge investors that can put money into the, the club. It's not happening anymore. Um, so, yeah, I don't I can I can understand. We don't have the most money. I don't think it's ever been that, that way in the history of, of Club Universidad Nacional, and I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever been that team that has huge amounts of money who can bring in these huge players from Europe or from wherever. You know, that's not been us. I think, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, historically, it's been Pumas is a team who has three, four, maybe five foreign players of good, good, good levels. Maybe not the most well-known players, but players who can play well and who are solid and who can perform what's asked for them and take um, kind of a leadership role in the team. And then the rest of the players were um, you know, youth academy players, canteranos. And those four or five um, foreigners, and then maybe you had some other Mexicans in the team that weren't uh, canteranos, but were you know had a good experience or something like that. And so that's what Pumas is to me, four or five good, solid foreigners, and then the rest, youth accounting problems. I don't know if that's plausible at this point in, in the football. Um, a lot of things in football are, are more revolved around money. Um, it seems if you don't splash the cash, you don't really progress. Um, and teams that typically do do well with um, recruitment, they have to recruit very smart. They have to invest in their youth academy very smart. Um, with the... Um, 
with with the knowing that some of these big stars are going to be sold we need to have backups and if that's that's what we need to be that's fine i don't mind being that team but if, if as long as we're competitive as long as we're competitive um i'm fine with doing that i know that you know we can't pay the same wages that maybe monterrey or tigres or some of these other teams can um and then we're not a european team either we we, we don't play in, in a lot of competitions um you know mexico city is a beautiful place to live in i'm sure um and uh pumas is a big club really good culture on the club really well known around mexico and other parts of the world in the u.s and all that stuff so you know so i, I get that you know the goal of this team is to be almost like a feeder club to, to some of these other clubs to to be a springboard for some of these younger players to go to europe and do bigger things that's fine i don't mind being that i like being that because then that means that we get more recognition as a club um and you know potentially be the base of the uh, mexican national team that's fine as far as the foreigners go i know that some offers may come for some of these foreigners but my 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 idea would be to retain some of these foreigners as much as possible um and solidify them as cult heroes icons legends something like that you know solidify them um to to love the club and to be like uh alton silva da silva um alton silva i think is what his name i'm sorry i'm so off with this dario veron um martin bravo uh, players like that players who um who are well respected by the by the club and the fans um and are um well loved you know so yeah that's what it is um it's been an awful season um so many things need to change i don't think a lot's going to change this in, in forms of the model um that we follow i don't think that's going to change anytime soon if we're not going to change that we got to change the way that we recruit players um and we got to change the way that we're developing our canteranos we can't have players who need to wait until they're 23, 24 to break out into the team. That just that just can't happen. Um, we need players who are who can get ready younger, who are ready to, to take the world on by storm. And we can't have any more dud signings. That just can't happen. We can't have any more. If you're going to take a risk on somebody that you on a foreign player that you want to sign or somebody or just in general, I'm fine with taking risks. Just make sure that it that the risk or the the risk is worth um, taking. I don't know if Rivas was worth that risk. I don't know if Molina was worth that risk. He was played pretty well, um, but he stopped playing there towards the end. Mm, so yeah, it's just the recruitment needs to get smarter, um, and our, we need to develop our younger players a lot better. Is what I think. If if we're not going to change this business model, because in that way we could kind of rely on the youth academy to bring players up, um, and then you know they'll be ready by the time this next person leaves. And that, that's what it's been. You know, someone leaves. As, we've got a main starting right back. They leave for another team, hopefully Europe. The next person in line in the youth academy coming gets to take on that role. You know, and that's the cycle. You know, good offer or you know they they retire or whatever they leave. You know, somebody else comes in and takes their place, and then in some positions you you want to reinforce like maybe um, foreigner players and stuff like that. In other positions, maybe you don't need to. Maybe you can rely more on the uh, youth academy. But yeah, um, yeah, awful season, terrible season. It's been so awful. Um, let's hope for some positive transfer news. As you all are aware, um, Diogo left the club. Meritao is probably soon to follow. 
Um, and that's that's pretty much it as far as official official news. There's been a lot of rumors going around there, and I just don't know if I if they're even worth worth indulging in because some of these are so outlandish. Like I saw something about Hulk, the Brazilian. I don't know, that's not true at all. <laughs> even Turco said that wasn't true. So yeah, let's just hope for um, better. Um, better transfer news and hopefully more success don't forget that we play the league's cup in july so that's something to look forward to um but yeah i think for my next uh podcast episode i think i am going to um get a list of all the players that are at the club um or that have played minutes let's just say played minutes and you know i'll I'll break them down from a keep sell or loan category three you know keep sell loan that's it and then um i'll kind of break down why i am choosing to sell certain players why i'm keeping certain players why i'm loaning certain players and then i think that'll be a pretty good fun activity to see um i'll i'll shoot for that to happen let's see what's today uh today's wednesday Mother's Day is today, and I think I've got something planned with my mom. And then Sunday, it's uh, Mother's Day here in the states, and my my girlfriend um, will probably want to do something as well. So, let's see, I'll probably try to do something Saturday, Saturday, maybe Friday, or maybe sometime this Sunday if I can, um, and try to get that video out. I'll have to do some research on that. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this um, episode of the Planet Boomers podcast. Um, like I said, as always, I am your host. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the best podcast um, for coverage of Pumas in English. Um, I will see you guys in the next one. Don't forget to check out the podcast on Twitter, planet underscore Pumas. Um, Don't be afraid to share this with all your friends and family members, anybody who you think would want to benefit from this or would... um, you know, like to hear this podcast, just please recommend. Um, podcast is available on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, so that's pretty cool too. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Bye.